I like to kick, stretch, and kick. I'm 50. everybody welcome to the first episode of the great divide what i believe is the first and only big country podcast in the world i don't know if it is or not i'm not totally sure but i know that i have not seen or heard another one this is episode three and this one's going to be a little bit different um and it's probably going to be setting the tone for the future episodes and that is because I now have a partner that I'm working with. I'm going to say his last name only once on this podcast because his first name is is Fine, and his last name is Hjorthug. How was that? Ah, I think you can be allowed to say it a few more times if you want oh, to. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, I, I practiced it. I practiced it because – Oh, uh, you did. Okay. Okay. Hello, this is Gene Simmons from the rock group KISS. And I just want to say congratulations to the Great Divide podcast on its 50th episode. Apparently, this is a podcast about the Scottish band Big Country. I'm not sure if I've ever listened to their music, but I do know a terrible band name when I hear one. I mean, from what I'm told, they don't play country music, but they're called Big Country. Someone should fire that marketing director now. Plus, I hear they're Scottish. So what about something like, oh, I don't know, Pladipus? Yes, Pladipus. Plaid as in P-L-A-I-D, followed by a dash, followed by a, then another dash, then puss. Yeah. Does Big Country even have a gimmick? Guitars that sound like bagpipes, that's it? No fire breathing, no blood spitting? What about merchandising? Not even a haggis tie-in, brother. So why am I here again? Because the two hosts of this show have spent thousands of dollars on my band Kiss and our merchandise over the years. So, Tom, Svein, congratulations on episode 50 of your insignificant talk show about a band that I've barely heard of. Who would have thunk it? Certainly not me. Gene Simmons of the rock group Kiss. Platypus. 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 I like it. Seriously, guys, congrats.
Okay, so what episode is this, Fine. I'm looking for the big 5-0. Oh, man, yes. It is the Big Five O. I can't believe it, and I can't believe it that I'm back on the show after a five month plus absence. So <laughs> there may indeed be a little rust on my end. Svein is well well practiced in this. He's been keeping the the fort and holding the fort and keeping things going, and uh, he's done a fantastic job too. So Svein, this is my public thanks to you for keeping everything going. Thanks to you for suggesting it because. Those episodes would never have happened if you hadn't said, hey, Swine, why don't you just go ahead? You know, it had never occurred to me to do anything like that until you mentioned it. And uh, it, it is kind of strange to do a podcast episode without the courage. You are definitely <laughs> a big part of the show, even when you're not here. But uh, again, kudos oh, well, to the you. fantastic co-hosts, to Arlen and CJ. They did a terrific job, and that made it easier to, to actually do one. Yeah, they sure did. And thank you so much, Arlen and CJ, for stepping in there. The, you guys were great. It was fun for me as as a listener. As I said on the page, it was fun for me just to wait for the new episode and they listen to it. I mean, I listened to it before anyone else did, I guess, but uh, I still listen to it as if I was a listener. And that was interesting and fun. Yeah, and, so, um, how, so how did it feel for you to be on the outside, so to speak? It must have been weird. Um, It, it was a little strange, but it, it, but it was... It was good. It was good. I, overall, I really enjoyed it because I really was just so insanely busy with things, and um, I, I did. I didn't want the show to to languish for all that time while I was doing all this stuff. So I I, I just wanted to see. I just wanted to, to keep going, which you graciously agreed to do. And uh, when they came out, I was really, really surprised and pleased that how good they still were. So you did a great job editing. Svein learned how to edit these shows, and um, he did a fantastic job, and everything just went fairly seamlessly, I think. Yeah, and it worked out pretty well that now you're back, and it's the 50th episode. Yeah, I planned that. I had to come back for the 50th. <laughs> so does that mean this is a special one? Yeah, well, you know, we we've we talked about on the page how we were going to try to make this episode a really special one, and I wanted to make it a really special one, and then, and it still will be a really special one. But we we've said some things on the page about how we were trying to line up a, an interview for this show and do something really unique and interesting, and and we were trying all of that. Um, so through no fault of through no fault of our own, <laughs> some of the interviews that we've tried to put together have not really worked out yet, at least not for this episode. That, that doesn't mean they're not going to work out in the future, but it's been hard to, to wrangle the people that we've been trying to get and get them to commit to a time. And, you know, I just get tired of begging and pestering people. So it's like, I'm too old for that. So <laughs> we just decided 
we could keep this going forever without getting to the 50th episode. So we just said, let's just do the 50th episode. Just us being back together is cause enough to have the 50th episode. Yeah. So um, it's better for us to knock out the rust on each other than uh, esteemed guests. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's what we'll do. We'll we'll use this episode as the way to get back in the groove, hopefully. Yeah. So, that's, that's your 50th. Just us knocking yeah. off the rust and getting back into it. Yeah, hope you enjoy it. Hope you yeah. enjoy crap, people. <laughs> but I, I guess the option is that, you know, we could have waited for those interviews. And uh, we have some people who ask when's the next one ready, which uh, which is cool. You know, we, we like to be missed. But at the same time, <laughs> we're kind of held hostage by other people's schedules and waiting. And so saying, you know, how important is this to have a guest? We just need to proceed. It's been, like you said, five months since you've been on the show. A couple months even for me. So it's time. You can't really wait. Yeah, exactly. And the show is, as I've said before many times, the show is about big country. It's about talking about big country. And 50th episode is is definitely a milestone for us. Um, But uh, we're here to talk about big country. So that's what we'll keep doing. And that's what we'll be doing in this show. And this should be an interesting one because Swine had a good idea. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later as to what we're doing. But it's going to be kind of a... Uh, free-flowing, free-for-all type of episode where we are going to be constrained to a a particular time limit um, regarding each discussion question that we're going to try to tackle. This this is going to be an experiment. But but before we get into that, we have to ask the question, what's happened with the mothership? What's happened in the band? And quite a few things have happened. The mothership. The mothership, indeed. The last one we did with, uh, with CJ, episode 49, that was the day after Derek left the band, obviously. So that news yeah. was extremely fresh. Mm-hmm. And uh, he really hasn't gotten a permanent replacement yet. We knew at the time that Scott Whitley would be filling in short term. And at this point, he's played plenty of shows with the band. Uh, he's not the only one. There's been... Um, at least we... two others, right? Yeah, two others. We have Scott Whitley as the guy. I think he's the one who's been the main guy. And we spoke a lot about him in episode 49, so we don't need to reintroduce him. But uh, additionally, we have Matt Pegg, who's played with them for a few shows, and Steve Richardson, who's played for a couple shows at least. Uh, Matt Pegg is known as the son of Dave Pegg from Airport Convention, Jethro Tull. So he, he certainly has got the prop genes in order. And he's also been a member of Pro Harem. So I guess that's the, the Mark connection and uh, easy to get to and uh, was able to stand in there. Yeah. Uh, Steve Richardson, I think, primarily played on uh, the Nirvana Festival in Holland in August. And I'm not sure if he played beyond those Dutch dates. So uh, we still haven't got a permanent replacement announced. And these guys all have commitments. They all have other projects they're playing, which is why they are pulling in more people and why they can't commit to just one. And I don't know if they would have done just one, but right now they have some people they can draw on, and that seems to work. I think over time it's going to become one. And if we think back to when Simon joined the band, the band never announced him either. Remember those discussions when we all said, who's the guy at the back? And we, we had no idea who this guy was. Right. He suddenly was just there and singing all the songs, and that was really weird to us. He was never announced, and eventually it became known, and eventually he was there and introduced, and he kind of just grew into the band. I get the feeling that this is how they're going to do it again, that some guy 
from this pool of players who will eventually grow into a more full-time uh, role with the band. Yeah, I know. It, it, it is a little little um, confusing. Uh, but I think Bruce actually appeared on a page called Making the Journey, another uh, big country fan, fan page on Facebook. And really, I mean, his words probably clear some of these things up. So I've got it in front of me. Let me just read what Bruce said in this post, at least some of it. He says, uh, just to clear a few things up and communicate with you all. Firstly, I am not the leader of Big Country. I just play guitar and write music for the band. Second, there are around six or seven Facebook sites to look at, and that is time-consuming, so I can't answer all your questions. Third, we do not book the shows. Our agent does that. Some weekends we play a pub, then a festival. We like the variety as, A, we get to play intimate venues, and, B, we get to play big stages. We did this years ago when we played with the Rolling Stones. Stadiums on one night, pub gig the next. And to be honest, we like playing small venues as that is how we started. Regarding new music, we will be recording new music, but not as an album in its entirety. Possibly do a few EPs. Albums cost a lot of money to record and it takes around six weeks to do it. Some of you will say go the pledge route, but we don't know enough about that. The Seer, yes, we hope to play the album in full next year like we did with Steel Town, but with more dates. And now on to the bass players. As you know, Derek has left. He wants to go out and play the songs that he was involved with, which is only right. He told me he didn't want to play any of Tony's bass lines anymore and wanted to go out on his own and do his own music. There is nothing wrong with that. Mike was the same. I was the same when I worked with Fish. I co-wrote the Field of Crows album and toured it, but I missed my own band. From now on, we will be using great session guys like Scott and Matt. They are fantastic musicians, but because they have got involved at short notice means that they have to swap around due to commitments. This is no big deal for us, as they are both great, and we shall probably settle on one next year. Anyway, I hope this answers a few of your questions, and hopefully I don't come across as a bit of a bigger twat than I already am. <laughs> All the best, Bruce. Please remember that we are human, too. Both Mark and I have been getting hospital treatment for our medical problems, which we are dealing with, probably probably the same as a lot of you guys. Old age is a bastard. So there you go. That's Bruce's statement and pretty much a pretty comprehensive statement that covers a lot there. Um, I think that, I think the thing that that hit me the most is that he they weren't planning on doing any more full length albums, according to the statement, which I have to admit disappoints me. Um, I would love to see another album from the band. Uh, and it, it seems like they're still very resistant to doing the pledge music thing. And, and that's certainly up to them when however they want to do it so yeah i mean he's he's totally right it, it's it's a big cost it's a big uh commitment and cost when you're going to record a, a full-length new album and if you're not going to go that pledge route you're going to be fronting it or or your record company is going to be fronting it and i guess they're not in a position where they want to do that right now especially especially when let's face it record sales are so dismal no matter what kind of a, a band you are we, we've discussed that in the past um but as far as the bass players go yeah, I've seen the clips too, and I, I was, uh, yeah, I, I was, I was certainly struck uh, and surprised when Derek left. I mean, he he was a guy who I think really fit in very well with the band. He he seemed to be buddies with Bruce even before all this happened. I know they played together in Four Good Men, and he had a a personality about him that was a very strong personality, and and it was a, a likable one and an interesting one. And he was a great bass player, too, which, of course, you've got to be if you're going to be in big country. So it was a bit of a shock to see him leave. And, and when it happened, I was just thinking, you know, what, you know, what are they going to do? And, and I knew that they had this guy, Scott Whitley, who was going to play with them at very short notice. And 
I'm just thinking, how is this going to happen? How is how is a bass player going to learn this so quickly? And I've got to tell you, listening to those first shows that he did, I was blown away by this guy, how, how good he played, number one, but just the fact that they did all of this really, really cold. I mean, I, I don't know if they even had time to rehearse with him, and he just joined them on stage and bashed yeah. these things out. He said on his Facebook page that the only run through they had was sound check. That's incredible to me. It is that... incredible. You you got to know the songs when you jump into it like that. You can't start out with Who's Big Country? Am I going to play with you tomorrow? Okay. Obviously, you know the songs. You still need to rehearse them. But uh, the fact that he did it, and not just playing technically great, but when, when you saw the clips, he was bouncing around on stage and, and having a ball. On top of that, that was really impressive. And that's exactly the kind of guy they need, someone to, to come in and have a ball and not stand quietly next to the drums, all statue-like. Yeah, exactly. And, and one of the guys was like reading off of a, off of a, a, a stand with, a, with reading the music notes. You could tell he was reading his, the music as he was playing. I don't know which one that was. But um, yeah, I, I much preferred, I've much preferred from the three that I've seen, Scott Whitley. And um, I'm hoping that if they do settle on somebody... That I hope it works out to be him because there's there's something about his tone that I really enjoyed and his playing of course was great and uh, as you say he was he seemed really excited and the bouncing around stuff and uh, some of the some of the performances were surprisingly really really strong for someone who was just coming into the band so yeah I mean uh, on the one hand it's it's like okay who's this guy you 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 want to invest I mean at least I do I want to be able to invest in the band as a whole. And uh, so the idea of a session guy here, a session guy there makes that more difficult for me as a, as that kind of a fan from the outside. Now, if I was just seeing the gigs, that would be a different story, but I, I, I still, I'm one of those fans who just can't shake off this idea that I've had since I was a teenager of big country being the sum of its parts, big country being this whole of, of uh, guys who are, equally committed to the band and i know that's naive at this point you know and not that they're not that they're not equally committed to the band but you you don't have that situation anymore where you're you have that feeling from these people that we're all in this for the same purpose and this is the, these are the ideals that we want to put across in the music these are the kind of songs we want to write now it's more like these are good musicians they're going to help us play these songs the way they should be played and we're going to perform with them and and uh Sometimes I kind of miss that other idea or ideal, really, of what a band is, and and that's that's something that just comes from my youth. And no, but I we, get it. I totally get it. I mean, yeah. because it goes back to that one sleeve that we all have seen that made an impact. There's only four of us left. Yes, yes. You, you wanted to be those four or five, as the case may be. That we are in it. It's kind of like brothers in arms, and yeah. this and this means something. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and and you could tell when they play, they're they're having a great time. They're playing the songs really passionately, and they're doing justice to the songs. I think very very well. But I mean, I, I still want to. I, I just still have this, I guess, reflex, instinctive reflex of wanting to know the guys who are in the band now. I want to know about them. I want to know what they think about things. I want to know how they feel about things, and. Uh, we've never we've never really heard from Simon even yet. Uh, we've he was on an interview, I think a radio show a while back, where he he spoke a little bit. But uh, 
I, I feel like I don't know who Simon is, except he's the guy that sings. I don't know much of anything about him. Right. So no, I, I, I think mean, I think that's fair, and I, I think everybody who comes into the band has a chance to become one of the four or one of the five. Everyone can do that, and to see Scott Whitley join the band for that immediate short-term uh, gig and bounce around and totally be into it, that kind of starts cementing him into that. Yes. If he was the guy standing next to the drums, no, he wouldn't be. And some of those other guys that I mentioned were that. Uh, so uh, I'm with you. I think Scott Whitley is the one who has done the most to prove himself as a guy who is passionate about this. And mm-hmm. uh, I would be happy if he turns out to be the one. He might not be the one. You know, it might be someone who is not uh, in the pool yet. Yeah, but and they uh, might, they at might least not it, even settle on one. They might not even settle on one. They might just keep this template. Who knows? Yeah, they might. I mean, they, they can change their mind about that at any point. But I think at least we got to know who's on stage. And it's been really weird this past time that uh, we had discussions like, who's the race player going to be? Who's, who's going to play the bass? Does anyone know? And, 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 and that's kind of messed up to, to have that not even know who's on the stage. I mean, let them know, know a lot about them, like Simon. So you you got to have, you got to at least reach that level, I think. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. It should be interesting. And um, as always, uh, we support the band and what they want to do. And the shows have been good. And that's what they're focusing on right now. So... Hopefully that it will continue, and I would love to see some new music in the in the future, even if it is an EP. Um, anything would be would be welcome. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Absolutely, and uh, I guess we should also mention that in addition to the parade of bass players, we also have a new guy behind the drums for at least one night only. Uh, oh yeah, as, I forgot about that. Yeah, as Bruce mentioned, both Mark and himself had had some health problems, and uh, for Mark, one evening that led to him having to sit out a concert in Edinburgh on August the first. He was struck with food poisoning, and uh, fortunately, he did recover quite fine. But um, <laughs> for that evening, they had to turn to a local Edinburgh band, the Sinsheimers, and their drummer. The drummer is called Chris Squires. Which kind of like <laughs> I did a double take when someone said Chris Squire sat in on drums. Yeah, I remember and this, your post. This was weeks after, or weeks, it might even be days after Chris Squire from Yes had passed away. And I'm thinking, is this some kind of sick joke? <laughs> but uh, but his name was actually Chris Squires, and he sat in. They needed a drummer very suddenly. Food poisoning hit very quickly, so he came in on the same day and sat in and played with them, and uh, that boggles the mind so he he was interviewed or, or participated in some q a afterwards and he said well i kept it simple i didn't want to try all those fills i just want to you know keep the beat for the band and they did <laughs> fine you, you can only expect so much from people who step in yeah. i guess by nature of being based in scotland you know you you know the hits of big country and to be fair most of the set are the hits and the rest he probably knew enough so i think that worked quite fine and uh, someone, you know, he's quite young. You know, someone talked about the Seer live, and Chris responded, I was not even born when that gig happened, which kind of makes me go, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But, uh, yeah, now that that is, I guess, the fourth guy who's been sitting behind the kit. Amazing. Sound. The big country tree goes grows ever lo- longer and larger. It casts an immense shadow. Yeah, it's it's quite a quite a a band now as far as the uh, members it's really it is really becoming a big uh, a big country it is but that's that's kind of become a one-of-a-kind gig and we have the same in the kiss universe where the drum tech had to sit in for a rare evening or something like that it's 
it's kind of in that vein. So if, if if you saw that show, you saw a one of a kind show that probably won't happen again. Yeah, but, uh, definitely. It, it definitely is better than canceling. So so good on the band for for taking that chance because if you're a pro band, it it takes balls to let someone up there and uh, and I, I bet they would be nervous, but. And, and the drummer too for stepping into that situation, but it worked out. So good yes, on them. Yes, it did. And I, yeah, definitely. And um, you know, it's funny you, you you mentioned Kiss again because one thing I wanted to mention, since this is our fiftieth, you guys probably, uh, well, not probably, you might remember from the first episode, which was back in two thousand and twelve, when I talked about why I was doing a podcast. I mentioned a show called uh, Podkissed that inspired me. It was a Kiss-related podcast. The first podcast that I ever really heard, and that's kind of what inspired me to do one for Big Country. Well, in a strange uh, full circle kind of of experience or moment, the guy, one of the guys who started that show, his name is Ken Mills, he contacted me and said that he had listened to the first episode of the Big Country podcast, and he was very complimentary of it. And um, apparently he's a, he's a Big Country fan, I, and I had been in a little bit of contact with him before in all fairness. And I mentioned to him that I did a big country podcast and he said he remembered them well and really liked them, but hadn't listened to them in years and years. So it's so strange, but he contacted me and said that, uh, he had listened to the show. He really enjoyed it. And it inspired him to go back and revisit the band's, uh, albums. And he's kind of, the only thing he knew was the crossing. He didn't know anything else. So as many American fans and probably in other countries as well uh, think. So he was inspired to go back and pick up The Crossing, and now he's asking me, what else should I listen to? All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best? You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcasted. I'm Ken Mills of the Podkiss Podcast. On behalf of myself and everyone over at the podcast, we would like to congratulate Tom and Svine for 50 episodes of the Great Divide podcast. Here's to another 50 episodes. Thanks, guys. Keep rocking. We might actually have Ken on the show at some point down the road. We'll see where we can talk to him and see what his thoughts are on his process of uh, sort of rediscovering and and discovering big country and uh, that that could be kind of interesting and we promise we won't get into the kiss stuff much you know i know i know a lot of you groan every time we bring up kiss but um we need that... more kiss fans on the show yeah we have a few strangely enough but it, what what a weird uh it's just a strange connection kiss and big country you wouldn't think there was anything to no, do with it, either you band wouldn't. and and there isn't really but it's uh except you know good bands good music i guess but uh, no, he he wasn't one of the entries we tried to get for the fiftieth. But uh, I think he would be a cool guest to have down the road. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. So, and, and I believe you said that we had a speak pipe message, at least one. Yeah, that's right. We got a speak pipe from Matt from Poland. He wanted to help Tom. He had heard the rumors that Tom struggles to pronounce Mark's full name. <laughs> yeah, apparently so, I do. Yeah, so our, our, our fans being the helpful sort of chaps that they are, come to the rescue. So we're going to play that speak pipe now. Hi guys, this is Matt from Poland here. 
And I just wanted to say that you do a really good job of your podcast. And I learned many interesting things about Bikancha I never knew before. And I wanted to share my whole big country story with you, but the three minutes of SpeakPipe are definitely too little time to do this. So I decided to share one real little cool thing with you that might interest you as two big country geeks. It, this is about Mark Brzezicki, last name pronunciation. I remember Tom had some problems with, with doing that in English, but guess what? I can do this in Polish. Uh, I always read it in Polish because it was so natural for me because I'm from Poland and I remember watching the final thing video, the, the concert when Stuart were introducing the band and her, I, then I had the first time the English pronunciation of that word, of the, the last name, of Mark Brzezicki name and it was so awkward when Stuart said Mark Brzezicki and I said what? And it was so natural for me to read it in Polish. And I know that Mark was never into his Polish ancestors and his father was never into introducing him into his Polish ancestors. You know, that was a tough time in Poland, uh, the Second World War, the communists taking over and many people couldn't go back to their country. And I guess that's what happened with Mark's father. But anyway, mm, just for you, I can you know, pronounce it in Polish, how it's what pronounced in originally. And it it's Mark in Polish is Marek and Brzezicki is Brzezicki. So Mark Brzezicki is Marek Brzezicki. So anyway, best wishes to you guys, to, to, to Mark, to the rest of the band and stay alive. You got it now, Tom? Pizzyski. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you oh, gotta practice. Marek Pizzyski. Pizzyski. Marek. That's easy, but Pizzyski. 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 Well, first oh, off, great. Matt, uh, Matt, thank you for that message. That was awesome. First off, it, it's... The fact that we've got someone listening in Poland is, is so cool. <laughs> I love it. So thank you for sending that. Thank you for your correction. I apologize for not pronouncing the name uh, correctly yeah. in the Polish tongue. But in my defense, I mean, and Svein will back me up on this. That's how I've always heard it pronounced. So I'm just kind of going by what I've always heard. Even I think even, even Mark pronounces it that way, I believe. Hi, this is Mark Brzezicki, and you're listening to The Great Divide Podcast. Yeah, I don't think the expectation is that we speak it uh, in Poland. That's more a curious tidbit. <laughs> right. I, I think he was just pointing out that you struggle even in English. Yes, but this is uh, well. Now that come on, <laughs> I, I think I at least get it right in in English. I mean, Brzezicki, Brzezicki, Brzezicki. Is it Brzezicki or Brzezicki? Brzezicki. I don't know. Oh. The Ma Marek Brzezicki. <laughs> That's how we gotta do it from now on. Yeah, Marek Brzezicki. Yeah, I'm sorry, Matt. I probably won't be able to do it that way, but uh, but I'll be thinking. I'll be thinking about it, and I appreciate you listening. At least now we have something in episode 50 that makes it a reference episode for people ever. How to pronounce Mark's name in Polish? 
Yes, I think everyone could benefit from this, including Mark. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. You know, maybe, maybe we'll spring this on him the next time we have fun. Yeah, maybe. And impress him. Or maybe he'll say, who the heck is that? <laughs> you never know. But, hey, th- thank you, Matt. That was a great message. Well, we should probably get this uh, get this show on the road then, the meat of this show. And All right. Why don't you explain what this is going to be for, for both my benefit and the audience benefit? Yeah, hopefully more for the audience. Because I have <laughs> but, no clue. Uh, yeah, but how this is going to work, this is, let's call this segment Two Men, One Egg Timer. <laughs> I have a bowl in front of me. It contains 19 notes or folded sheet, tiny sheets of paper. These are all small topics and or questions and discussion points. Some of them I have as leftover from the Yuletide. Others I have for leftovers from uh, various discussions on the Facebook page. And so what we're going to do is draw a topic randomly. I'm going to read it out. We're going to start the egg timer. The egg timer is set for three minutes. We have three minutes to discuss this one. When the bell rings, there is none pardon. We move on to the next one. And it's three minutes again, the egg timer. And uh, so it goes. So this will, I guess, be a challenge for us. We're used to spending hours dissecting and going into detail. Now we're really going to make an effort to do the opposite. Yes. And I think yeah. it, will be, it will be more of a challenge for one of us in particular. Yeah, we'll see you who won, which one it is. <laughs> I guess you've been burning in with shit for the past six months. <laughs> this is your chance to all get it out. Yes. But we'll see how it goes. It's, it's really an experiment. We don't know how this will go. And we are really interested in hearing you guys' opinions and, and feedback. You know, How is this working? Would you like to see something like this happen again? Or should we leave it at this anniversary episode and not waste other episodes with it? You know, Anything can happen. Hopefully it will be fun, and hopefully it will have some tempo and uh, and deep frustrations at the cut-up points. So I'm are you ready? ready? I'm ready. So, okay, so I'll draw the first note here now, and this is going to be interesting. I don't know the order. Okay, so the, the first question is, what album would you play to someone who has never heard Big Country before? And uh, the caveat is no compilations. Ah, oh, damn. That's a tough caveat. <laughs> it is. But it's also it also gets rid of the obvious answer, and you can start the timer now. Okay, the timer has officially started. All right, the the album that I would give to them, um, I'm just gonna go straight for Steel Town because that separates the wheat from the chaff. I know that uh, if if compilations were allowed in this question, it would be uh, probably through a big country because I think that has the best representation of of the band's music and is probably the most. Um, digestible to someone who maybe hadn't heard them before and they might get more into it but if if that's not the case I'm giving them Steel Town and it's a trial by fire with Steel Town if they survive Steel Town if they come through it and think this is unbelievable this is like a life changing album then clearly they were destined to be a fan of Big Country if they come through it and and say I don't understand this this is too the sound is too muddy I don't enjoy listening to this it's I don't like the production then screw you you're not meant to be a <laughs> member of the Big Country fold I don't care if you like Look Away. I don't care if you like In a Big Country or Fields of Fire or Chance or Peace in Our Time. If you don't like Steel Town, if you can't listen to Steel Town and come through with uh, this is a life-changing album, then you are unworthy. And uh, so, yeah. So if you're going to give me the caveat of no compilation, it would have to be 
Steel Town. Yes, and so you're going straight for the, the high bar, and you don't want to lure them in and build them up and make them grow over time into big country fans. It's either do or die. That's right. That's the okay. kind of person I am. I think I'm, I'm more like looking at who am I playing this album for. And uh, I don't want to kind of do the do and die approach if that's going to stop them from liking any big country. So I know there are people that the hits make sense and the hits are primarily made in The Crossing. And the Crossing is one heck of an album to start with. It's, it's also kind of a boring choice for the longtime fans, but I, I still think we got to go back to that. But also, I think if we're talking rock people or, you know, other Kiss fans or what have you, I would probably also consider Skinner's. I guess what I'm saying is I, I stare the individual in the eye and I pick and choose. And uh, this goes back to the olden days when you made tapes for people. That, that is a lost start today to make a tape for someone. How would your ideal big country tape look like? And it's like you said, compilations would make it easier. Uh, but uh, yes. if, if we're going to go for something other than that, it would be one of either The Crossing, Steel Town, and Skinner's for sure, because those are very powerful and immediate statements all. But I think for each their audience. Well, so if I pick one, I would go for The Crossing. That's good. That makes the most sense. But as I get older, I have less patience for everything. So I am of the impression and the, uh, the feeling that I would just say, do you like this? No. Okay, get out. Or yes, you are one of us. Yeah, you don't like it? All right, next. All right. <laughs> All right, that's pretty good. I guess we barely got that one in. So I'm yeah. going to pick another one. All right. You are Big Country's manager for a day, at any given day in their history. What would you change or have the band do that would be different? Ooh. That's a deep one. It is. Obviously, you know, my thoughts go to the choice they did in 1988 with direction of material and choice of producer. Um, I would have stopped any attempts to get Peter Wolf peace, peace in our time. And in fact, I would have turned the gaze back at the REL tapes and said, look, you basically have an album almost in the can here. Take these quote-unquote demos, and this is the material. This is the one. But trust yourself. You had hits with, with the material that came from your soul. You don't need anyone to refine it. Now, I don't know if being a manager would be enough to, to change that, because I think... Um, there were people involved, as you know, for, for the seer to push things a certain way. But uh, I think the choice of producer, you know, at least you had to have one who had seen the band live before starting and who understood the band a bit more. Right. So that that is the immediate thing that comes to mind. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I, I, But as you say, I think the record company would have even more say in that, too. Uh, and the, the manager would be one who would either go along with it or, or try to push back in some other form but uh yeah but let's not limit the question what would you do you could do a change is the question well my change would be i think i would i would make sure that that band played at live aid no matter what happened yes no matter what i had to do i would be on the phone bob geldoff thought the band broke up well tell them tell them that they didn't how hard is it to get them on that stage mm -hmm. at that point i i would that could have been I, I i'm not one of those fans who thinks that could have necessarily turn everything around but i i do think that could have changed some things for big country and i, w I would have foreseen what that event was going to be and um make sure that they were on the stage at live a because that could have been one of the greatest performances of the day that's a great answer i'm changing my answer to be the same as yours <laughs> no i've as always said it i've always said it live aid was a lost opportunity and especially when you see which bands took the reins that day 
like U2 and Queen, the yes. two big ones, and they didn't leave anything to chance. Queen had 18 minutes. Every single second of those 18 minutes were well rehearsed, what they were going to do, how they would move, what mm -hmm. songs to play, how to get the audience in, and they came with a plan. They did. And, and definitely that elevated them. And U2, the same thing. Yep. It's, they, they, they had a plan. Well, they and kind others... of screwed their plan by, by going over, but uh, yeah. And Simple yeah. Minds, too, let's not forget them. They, they had a great performance that day. I remember people were talking about, and, and Big Country, I know would have blown them off the stage. Sorry, but I yeah. think they would have. I think there's a difference between the bands who came on and made an impact, and you saw how that changed their career, mm -hmm. and, and those who came on and, uh, and didn't, or kind of were shoehorned between things, or kind of lost the opportunity. There we go. <laughs> and there's the shut the hell up bell. Shut the hell up, and I'll I'll shut up by reading a new one. All right, that was good. Okay. Name I like three. This. I like this format. Okay, good. Name three people, not Mike or Simon, whom you would think had done a good job standing in as big country's frontman. Okay, the clock is running, and I am a little stumped here. Not Mike or Simon. <laughs> mm. This is one. Now we kind of have to to pick three, and yeah, three. That's oh. what the question was. I'll yeah, pick any pick you like. You know, <laughs> I don't have a cheat sheet here. Honestly, I didn't want to give myself any advantages. But, um, you know, I think before Mike joined the band, people would have picked Mike. I think so, too. I think I that think would so have been too. the obvious choice. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm trying I remember to think about... back in the 90s uh, when, when, um, when Stuart first left, we had this discussion. Could the other three guys continue? And I know Gary Moore at the time was thrown around. Yeah, Gary Moore. Uh, does he sing too? Does he? Yeah. Okay. He's a, sing a guitar singer, player, lead guitar but... player. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've always known him as a great guitar player, but I don't know his music well enough to have any opinion on on him as a front man. Um, th this is tough. I cannot think of anybody offhand that uh, that would that would work for this. I know that there probably is someone I'm going to think of later, but um, I'm trying to think of contemporaries. I mean, like Jim Kerr, I don't think would have worked at all. Um, Bono would obviously not have worked, and they, that wasn't going to happen. Um, so I'm just taking the lazy route and thinking of their contemporaries. But I know there are probably some more current bands, maybe that where uh, one of the one of the singers could have stood in. Um, yeah, it would be anyone I knew of necessarily. So I'd never heard of Simon, and now he's there. Yeah, I'm just going to say me. I would have been good. I would have been a good choice. Yeah, I can play the songs. I can sing okay. I, I would have, I would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your modesty becomes you. Maybe, maybe down the road, if Simon gets food poisoning, they will, they will call me, and they will give me twenty four hours notice, and we will not rehearse, and I will join them. I don't know. Is the bell ringing soon? <laughs> no, we've got fifty seconds left. Oh my! So someone else quickly. <laughs> How about, how about how about Shane McGowan? Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, ob obviously, one thing to keep in mind: they do have both Bruce and Jamie in the band now. So if they need just a front man, and we forget the guitar playing, maybe that helps the discussion a bit. Um, yeah, Shane, yes, yeah, sure. I mean, there's definitely stuff he had no chance at all playing. But if you're gonna dig up uh, stuff like the last ship sails. Yeah. I'd pay I'd pay to see that. Nine. 
Eight. I'll, no, I, I'll read got, the next one. I've got nothing. No, we've got to have the, we got to have the buzzer. It's only four seconds. Come on, three, <laughs> two, one. <laughs> I wish you could say right. saved by the bell, but we were empty way before the bell. Um, okay. <laughs> so hopefully this is uh, a bit easier. Did big country have a chance to become quote unquote big again after the 1990 break? If no place like home had been different, or at a point later in the nineties. Oh, interesting. Well, I, I think um, this is this is going to lead us into the next album that we do whenever we do it. But I think Buffalo Skinners was their best chance, and I I think that that was the right approach that they took um, with that album, and it, and it coincided fairly well with with the times in some respects. Uh, although I know grunge was kicking in, and it really wasn't a grunge album by any bunny stretch but yeah i mean if they would have put out buffalo skinners perhaps instead of no place like home um maybe that would have helped even more uh but i do think that they they had the right approach with buffalo skinners they went back to chris briggs they tried to recapture what they had in the beginning they had a lot of buzz over here they performed on the tonight show and and probably were more um obvious uh, got more exposure here than they had in since 83 but for what for whatever reason it didn't work but um yeah why, why didn't it work i i don't know for example for to be honest i really am not sure because i think the songs were there i think the music was there and i don't i don't know and, why it worked uh, and didn't nobody work. heard it yeah i mean i remember calling the radio station and requesting the new big country song the one i love because it was getting some play and i called and requested it and i remember the dj saying yeah that's not as good as the early stuff is it and i thought <laughs> i think it's great i think it's a great song and that is a great song you know so i i don't know but the, the strange thing is they they play that song on the tonight show it it had a radio single but yeah. it, it didn't have a commercial single and it didn't have a video so there's something odd about that. You know, if they tried to make that song being played, and I think video was still kind of alive in yeah. a lot of ways on TV at that point. So I don't know. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I always used to say because, again, grunge was really coming into its own at that time um, and, and was for – and I'm not trying to say this was a grunge album, but I, I've always thought this. I think, at least here in America – they should have released All Go Together as a single. They should have done a really cool video around All Go Together. And I think that song is is a very catchy song, in my opinion, anyway. Mm. But it's also got that kind of um, heaviness to it and, and, and stuff that's more competitive with the, the music, the harder-edged music that was playing at the time. And I, I don't think it would have been any kind of top 40 hit, but it might have, might have given them more airplay and turned some more heads than the one I love. I don't know. My my take for their chance, which was spoiled, was the folding fiasco. I think Fragile Thing was ah, their yeah, chance yeah. to get a big crossover hit. I think I think that was a bigger chance than the Buffalo Skinner's album, even though that is a much better album. Now you might be but right. I, I think Fragile Thing is a much better single for them to have a hit with. Yeah. And the folding fiasco kind of stopped them in the tracks. And it's such a shame. Ah. <laughs> okay. We'll <laughs> save that one for a rainy day. Um, yeah. Next question, then. I think we both agree that all big country albums have aged really well. Is there still one which has aged less well? Mm, interesting. Uh, well, I agree with the first comment that they've all aged fairly well, but I guess if there was one that has not held up as well, um, jeez, I, I, I guess 
probably piece in our time, I would think, because even though I really do enjoy that album quite a bit, I do think that the keyboards that were always uh, complained about, and in many cases rightly so, I think they have that 80s feel to them. They have a they have a a time a certain time period feel to them that's that's more prevalent than than a lot of the music on the others because the, the others really guitar based drums that never goes out of style uh, that that's always in style and that's always been the main focus of the albums whereas peace in our time was the only one that really had that heavy keyboard focus and feel so i, I would have to go with peace in our time even though i really do enjoy that album yeah i enjoy that album far less uh, and it's still my pick, but I think um, it's not—it's not like a horrible offender in that category. I think the tour has aged more. The recordings from that tour is a yeah, far yeah. bigger offender in terms of those sounds. They, I think they totally went overboard there. Uh, but the album, yeah, I guess compared to all the others, it, it would be the one. Uh, I would say some of the single B sides from the early years sound more dated than the album, The Crossing, does. So if you can start looking at those. It they does. Would, um, they, yeah, they sound like they're from that time. Yeah, the, crossing, the album is more timeless. The Crossing really is still a timeless album. Steel Town, timeless album. I think the Seer has some of those '80s sounds on the drums that I would that I, that hit me as being of its time. Um, and, and the reverb doesn't help either. Yeah, it doesn't. And you can hear a little bit of that maybe on the Crossing too, on some of the drum sounds, but not really, not nearly as bad as the Seer. But I, the songs on the Seer still stand up for me. But yeah, who who was what was the name of the keyboard player again on the Peace in Our Time tour that we've Josh? Yeah, Josh Phillips. Yeah, I mean, I the, the keyboards. Uh, you make a great point about the, the the performances on the tour sounding more dated than the, even the album itself because which is really strange because the tours are supposed to be the organic things that 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 don't go out of style so much. Yeah. Whereas the albums are more often the offenders, but in that case, it's vice versa. Yeah. Definitely, and, and when they did the the piece in our time shows that I've heard without all that accompaniment, really sound great. But I, yeah, the the keyboards sound incredibly dated to me on the piece in our time shows when when Josh Phillips stuff is real up there up there in the mix. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a great thing to say though about Big Country is that really none of their albums have have any kind of oppressiveness about them as far as sounding dated. I, they most of them sound completely timeless to me. Yeah, oh, really? It's, um, <laughs> that's, a, that, that's a good. That's a good last comment on that. One. I don't uh, agree. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, we will move on. If you could go back in time and either change or stop a specific project the band did, what would that be? And that could tie into uh, the manager uh, question a bit, but this is more specific to one project. One what project. Would you stop or what would you change? So live it wouldn't apply because that didn't happen. Yeah, um, gosh, tough question. Um, because I've I've gotten a lot out of every project they've been involved with, uh, e- even if it turns out that they that it wasn't necessarily conducive to their career development. But I, I guess, as much as it pains me to say it, I would probably say s- stop with Restless Natives' involvement, just because of the apparent stress that that put on Stewart. And um, I, th- I think that really wore him down by having to go straight from Steeltown to writing this album and then right into The Seer. And you would never know it from the results because the results are, are brilliant. And I'd hate to lose that 
brilliant, brilliant music on Restless Natives. So I'm rethinking this as I say it. <laughs> but I, I just think of the human toll that that took on Stewart at the time that he had mentioned that it was just too much. And as someone who's coming off of a very stressful work period of my own, I, I know what that does to you. And, and it really does sap you. But uh, of course, he was a lot younger at the time and maybe was better able to take it and bounce back from it. But I don't know. Maybe 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 it would be Restless Native just like, say, Stewart, take a break, relax. Um, spend time with your family without doing anything. We'll reconvene for the next album in a few months' time and just get your head together and clear and et cetera. And who knows, maybe that would have made it more conducive to taking part in Live Aid as well. I don't know. but um, Yeah, yeah, it all, you know, kind of, it's connected like that. But I'd hate to lose that Restless Natives music, so don't take that as, as me wanting yeah, to, to do that. Yeah, I would too. And I'm kind of leaning on what uh, Bruce said, that he had no memory of that being a stressful thing. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's so, true. so he said that. So I'm going to lean on that and definitely keep Restless Natives. All right. Uh, what, what I would change again, and I hate to to use peace in our time as the linchpin for everything wrong, but that I guess that just shows how good I think most things is, and there really isn't a lot to pick from. But I would change that, and this is the same answer I've given before. I would change that, and I would change the producer, and I would change the direction. But see, uh, I, I thought we were talking about like stopping a project, not. Not Stopping or changing. changing it. Okay. Yeah. No, but that's. Uh, I guess th- this is a question that kind of bleeds into the other one. So yeah, well, changing would have probably changed my answer a little bit. We'll never know what you would have changed it to. We will never know. No, we will never know. All right. Let's see here. Great. Now I'm stuck as being the guy who told said not to do restless natives. <laughs> no, but you said Idiot. why. You said you said why, and yeah, that's, that's the true. important thing there. And I think that's. Uh, to, to be able to give up that piece of music to, to, to think of the musicians behind it is, is to your credit. Oh, well, okay, thank you. That makes me feel better. Yeah. You need that for this question. Oh, this is actually a pretty easy question because we're going to talk about ourselves a little bit. Talk about your big country collection. How do you organize it? And I'm thinking, <laughs> is it displayed? Is it storage to keep it separate <laughs> in a big country shrine? Is it with all your other stuff? How, do you, how is your collection? How does it look like? <laughs> this should be very interesting. The differences between us, I'm sure, will be immense. Um, <laughs> I have no idea where half of my CDs are. Um, I have cases with <laughs> without CDs in them. I have uh, they're strewn about in no order whatsoever. Oh my um, god! I have I have videos that are not um, organized. That are not uh, in the same place. How can you live like this? <laughs> I have, um, I have stuff everywhere. I don't, I don't know where it is. I have no idea where it is. Probably because I, when I listen to big country, I crank out the iPod, and um, I listen to it that way. I don't, I don't listen to CDs much anymore. No, but still, um, I mean, you have like the rarities. They're you give the impression that stuff is floating around, not in their case. <laughs> Please tell me it's not so. No, it, it is so. It is so. Oh my gosh, now, the, the rarities, all the rare shit. The real rare stuff is uh, is probably better collected and better preserved. But uh, the, the, I'm thinking more of the probably. studio albums. <laughs> okay. Probably there, there probably are some that are not where they should be. <laughs> If I had an inkling that would be the case, I would have to start reorganizing and, and, and 
Oh, I oh know. I, I know. Oh I, I could just feel the tension right now in your voice. This is driving you crazy. <laughs> well, it's your stuff. Yeah. I know See, where I, my stuff is. I, I've, I've always been one who just cares more about like listening to things. And I, I probably don't put as much stock as I should in the actual physical appearance of something. Or no, the, but you want to, I know you want to keep it and save it. Yes. Yeah. Because that's, that's how I listen to it. I dig out the CD and I want to keep listening to the future. So if things are floating around and missing in empty cases, especially <laughs> in the case of the rarities, you don't have the chance to go back and repurchase it. You that's just can't, true. you need, you need to at least know where it is. And that's not necessarily for order's sake. That too, but well, I know uh, generally where it is. I know it's like in an area. I just don't right. know where in that area it is. Do you but, have any big country memorabilia other than the CDs? Oh, I've got uh, tons of DVDs with rare shows on them, and uh, lots of videos. And I think somewhere I've got a, a case of old VHS tapes that I that have since gotten everything that's on those. I've gotten on DVD, so there's no real need to even keep them anymore. Um, as far as memorabilia, I've got a couple of old posters. I've got a Steel Town poster, a Seer poster, but I don't have a whole lot of memorabilia. That's never really appealed to me. Um, so no, to me, it's always just been about the music and videos. That's been the main thing. Yeah. And I don't know how much time I have left to describe my collection at this point, but, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it was all about you. <laughs> What did you say before we started? I know who will speak the most. There we go. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll see man. if we can get the mic collection next time. If, it is, if we do, ever do it again. Yes. Okay. I'm sure that'll be scintillating. The next note says very simply, bigcountry.co.uk. The website. How do we feel about the website? How do we feel about how that is run, what's on there, etc., etc.? And I can start since my voice is, uh, is saved and yours is all spent. Uh, it's uh, it's it's actually a website that's quick to underestimate. I think it's been uh, lousy in the past, but I think it's it's been growing. And I think there's more content there than people probably realize. I don't know if everybody's aware that you can go to that site, click on any of their official album, and listen to any of their songs. They're all there. Oh, I didn't even and, know that. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's... Lots of photos from the last couple of years. There's a gig overview, uh, a link overview. You get the bio. A lot of this is uh, obviously stale content, but that's because it doesn't change a lot. Like the albums are always the same, the songs are the same, the bios. The interesting thing, if you go to the bio section and click, and uh, not bio, but band, uh, then you get the picture of the four main guys uh, as of yet in the band, but underneath it says guest bass players at Peg and Scott Whitney. So those guys are actually now on the page, and those are the two that are listed, and that's something that I, I just saw today. Uh, so obviously the main thing is the news section where you see news update and projects um, they're doing and stuff. It's it's mainly about the shows. They're, they're mainly playing shows. They're a playing band. And there's a link to the store, which is mostly a T-shirt store, I, I think. I don't think they have too many other things right now. But uh, they have a decent stock of T-shirts. So um, it's it's a uh, but I think the the problem with that site is that it lives in the shadow of JFG site, which yeah. really is the resource site. And uh, yeah, in an ideal world, definitely. yeah, in an in an ideal world, if you combine those two sites, you have a pretty incredible site there. 
Yeah, you and do. Th- th- that's, Are that's, there links that's to John's site? Are there any links to John's site on that main page? Yeah, there, there's a links section, and you find it there. So people who are curious and look about will, will get to it. But I think it's mostly fans know about John's sites, and the casual see, uh, yeah. observer who search for them will find the, the main site. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm I'm happy to have you take most of this one, because I, I really don't visit the website at, at all. In fact, uh, I was looking at it as you were speaking, and yeah, I, w- I was surprised at some of the things there, but... Keep in mind, the website, I think, is probably, at this point, more for the uninitiated than it is for for those of us who are diehards. Maybe that shouldn't be the case, but it seems to be what it is. Um, I I get most of my info through social media at this this point. Um, Yeah, and that's a big point, that they are active there, and they post all the show dates there and all the news. You get it there. Yeah. So, So you don't need to visit the site. And I think that's also what most of the diehards... We have the country in so many channels now. I think Bruce said there's seven groups, which I didn't know there were seven groups, and I followed the band quite closely. There we go. <laughs> hey, you got your first really good uh, cutoff right at the buzzer. Good for you. You were not you were not cut off at all there. Yeah, that's a, a nice edit point. Perfect ending. And I heard you hovering as if to wait for the last seconds to go out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had one second, and I just thought, uh, what's the point? <laughs> but that meets the purpose of of, of, of being uh, cut off and, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> right. <laughs> you really shouldn't be looking at it. But okay. Well, oh, well, there you go. Moving on. This is uh, this is interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I like it. I mean, it's invigorating. <laughs> it's invigorating. It's quite energetic. Next one. What is the most overpriced big country item you ever purchased? Overpriced big country item. Hmm. I guess this is all in the eye of the beholder because what's overpriced? Yeah, I've never bought anything that I thought, why did I pay that much money for this? I, I've never had that problem with big country. If I buy something, I, I'm aware of what it's going to be and I'm happy to buy it. Uh, now, someone clearly is buying overpriced stuff because if you look at Amazon and you look at uh, eBay, <laughs> there are some incredible prices for stuff there. Yeah, like a certain chemistry. The, I know we've talked about the price of that has been pretty high in the past. Luckily, I have a copy from the beginning. So I have a pristine copy. I know you do. <laughs> um, but that probably would have been – like if, if I had never bought a certain chemistry, I would certainly want that today. So I probably would have been willing to shell out the money to buy that. Um, but uh, I can't think of anything. Probably the, the – Probably the most expensive things I've ever bought from Big Country were the the box sets, like the BBC. But man, I would have paid more for that. So yeah, that wasn't overpriced. That was no, a that pretty was a... uh, luxurious set. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now, I mean, of course, it's uh, more expensive. I mean, like I say, I've never I've never been really into collecting memorabilia for any of the bands I've been interested in. As far as like really rare stuff, I've never got into that kind of collecting side of things. So. I've never purchased anything that's really expensive and rare just to have it. It's just not what I'm interested in. So I can't really speak too much to this question. Uh, what is the most expensive thing? The box set? Uh, probably the box set, yes. Yeah. Only yesterday, I got my first singles collection box set. Oh, wow. Nice. nice. Number three. And uh, they you can all get them if you really want them, but they are very expensive. How this much was one, it? I paid about forty pounds. Okay, that is expensive. Wow, forty pounds for that the third box set. It is expensive, but it's kind of half price for what you see the remaining ones that are out there currently. Yeah. Lie at. 
Yeah. But but I got that because I knew that would be. Um, I mean, the band had an auction recently, a charity auction, where they did the, the first set, the the book singles collection one, and that was all signed by the band, and it's for charity, and they put it up on eBay, and they got over a hundred pounds for it. Oh wow, nice. Yeah. I can't think of one other thing, though, now, now that I'm thinking about it, that probably would be the answer more than the box set, and that is that uh, that 50, 1950s bound book, uh, A Boy's Life oh, or yeah. whatever it was. I, I Yeah, that's got to be it because I shelled out like probably $50, $60, maybe even more than that for that with the illustrations from the Crossing album. Oh, so, did you? Yeah, yeah. 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 So <laughs> that, 20 that pounds, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you go. Uh, that, but that's a that's a find. That's one of the things that I think a lot of us got because of the show. Okay, yes, I'll shut up yes, now. yes. Um, this is an interesting one. It could be taken the wrong way, but this is a discussion I think every fans of bands have when a band reach a certain age. When and especially how do you think big country should retire? Uh, and I think we... everybody wants their band to go out in grand style when the time is right. Yeah. Uh, this this is another kiss. Uh, topic you know everybody talks about when and how should they retire and uh, that would of course be the the grandiose show every past and current member that is available to come on the stage and uh, do one big extravaganza right kind of like uh, like the final fling only with um, a more inspired set list <laughs> right i don't really need to see chris bell again playing drums <laughs> no i think of actual band members not the <laughs> Not the sit-ins that uh, only people like us remember. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really, I think the answer to that for me is just whenever they no longer are passionate about what they're doing, whenever they're no longer inspired by it. I think if if it comes to a time where the only reason they're doing it is is to to make money or to earn a living, and they're not, and their heart isn't in the in the music anymore, then it's time to quit. As as far as age. I, I don't have any set age for when anyone should retire. I mean, uh, that's really my only. Yeah, my I didn't only... ask about the age, really. It's well, just really and just age how... factor into it, though. I mean, because a lot of people would say when you get to a certain point, you should retire. When you're a certain age, you need to retire. I mean, uh, that's certainly a, a part of it for some people. I, I don't think. It I is. Think it, I think it's all a matter of the way you feel about something. And uh, clearly, they're still passionate about the music. Um I'm hoping that they're still passionate enough about writing new music too, because I want to hear new music. Um, so may, maybe, maybe for me, I guess uh, I, I do hope that at least the, the promise of new music is always going to be a part of the equation. Like I would want Tony to be back. If that happens. I mean, Mark, Bruce, and Tony needs to be on that stage. Jamie should be there. Mike should be there. Derek should be there. All the hatches should be buried, and it should be very happy and smiles and tearful and uh, all that stuff. I don't know how realistic that is, but that's the proper way to say goodbye, that every face of the band is celebrated and every main member is uh, is part of that celebration. Yeah, that would yeah, be very cool if that happened. That, but That would be fantastic. And realistic, I don't know. That, realistically, it's probably just going to fade away, and one day we'll get a we'll get a note that says we've decided to stop. Yeah, so that's how it is for many people, and that's fair enough. You know, that's uh, we always want to leave the party feeling good, and like you put that dot on it. And uh, I don't know. That's uh, I hope it it happens well. I hope I hope it's not an afterthought. I hope it's a celebration. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Let's hope so. Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> I think we were done on that one. Um, which 
five songs would you pick for the band to play? Any five songs, you're going to a show, and five of them are yours. Wow. Uh, Christmas Island, Can You Feel the Winter? Um, you Lose Your Dreams. Uh-huh. Going for the obscurities, huh? Yeah, why not? You know, I want these songs that I'll never hear again. The Sailor, and, um... I've already got a lot of the songs I wanted to hear on the Steel Town tour that I would have picked. So, um, from here to eternity, how's that? That's probably the oddest choice of the five. There you go. <laughs> I want to hear that okay. live. Okay, well, at least one of those you might have a chance of getting eventually. <laughs> because they have announced uh, the Seer Tour the next Seer year. The Seer Tour, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah so, so you have a chance for the Sailor. I don't know I about know. the rest, but the, those are those are interesting and good choices. So, I, I have a mixture myself on of songs that uh, you know never having seen the band live i just want to have it performed in front of me and uh, some of those are stalwarts but not after stalwarts i, I want to see the storm i really want to stand there in front of the band and hear them play storm once <laughs> uh, so that's not a rarity but i just have to have that and the same thing for steel town my favorite song on my favorite album i just have to have that being played in front of me. and then i have another one that i will get next year which is red fox Oh, yes. I definitely want to see that. And uh, so, so far, I have pretty good chances of all of those, I guess, <laughs> at the right time. Uh, I also am wondering about All Fall Together. That's such a, such an oh. important song for me. But at the same time, I don't know if any band, even back in their prime, if they could do it justice live. So it's one that I'm kind of a bit of afraid of picking. But uh, I'll pick that. And... Uh, Possibly for very personal reasons, I'd also like to see Far From Me To You. Mm. Nice. Yeah. That's a good list. But the, I could go. I, could, I, I really like the fact that you picked a lot of obscurities. Whereas I go more for the, I need to see these songs right. while I'm alive. And uh, they're not all rare, but I, I like I like the pick of rarities always. Yeah. I mean, those are among my favorite big country songs, too. Not just... Not just exactly. because of their rarities. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, can you imagine? Can you feel the winter? Wow, that would be that would be something else. I know it would be. Uh, it yeah. still it still boggles my mind and and disappointed me <laughs> and, uh, with a few seconds we have left here. But uh, I remember talking to Stuart about that or asking him about that in the chat room once, and he didn't even remember recording the song. <laughs> oh gosh, he's like, "What's what song is that? Is it? Can you feel the winter? Well, I don't even remember doing that." <laughs> and then he said, and that, oh, okay, yeah, now I remember. But And that, and that was even one of the newer songs at the time. <laughs> yeah, right. That was only like, at the time, it was probably like three years old, four years old. Yeah, really. So, you know, that's funny. Yeah. But it was a B-side. Never played it live, so I guess it's not strange. Okay. And there, and there we have it. I have no idea about this next one, but we'll see if we can make sense of it. What is the best opening song and why? Ooh, good question, good question. I think... Uh, playing an album from start to finish is a uh, risky business because then you get the opener and for the Steel Town Tour that was fantastic I think Flame of the West is a fantastic opener I am more concerned about Look Away as an opener next year <laughs> of course you are now are we t we're talking about concert openers yes not album openers at, okay at gigs. yeah because Look Away is a song that works late in the gig too I, I don't know if um, you know, obviously my relationship with that song is is, uh, is what it is but I, I just I just think Flame of the West is more the powerful opener the song or, or the band needs. Oh yeah, and the, and even in a big country from um, when they played the Crossing live, 
from start to finish. I think that song kind of belongs at the end of the set. Right. So I wouldn't say that's a good gig opener either. Well, so, I think when, a, when, a, when a show is is promoted as playing a particular album from start to finish, I think the fans who go to see that have a little more understanding of and leniency, you know, because you, you, you don't necessarily expect that it's going to be structured like a typical concert. I mean, for, for me, I would pick... Uh, I think I still go back to a thousand stars and the way that Barrowland show opened the 83, 84 Barrowland show that to me is still one of the most spine tingling moments. And when, when you hear those drums kick in and you get the, the crowd starts chanting along and before even a note of, of music has been played. And uh, to me, a, a thousand a stars. Yeah. That, that, and that's a song that always to me just absolutely live destroyed the studio version and um I, and that's I, and that's saying something by the way yeah it is because it's a great song but i i just i love the that the feel of that i still think that's the most exciting recorded opening that i've heard from big countries repertoire is a thousand stars so I, I would go with that i think that was a great choice what i like about that song when i played it with mike was uh, the new significance the opening lines took when they said um now we play our final hand. Yeah. Closer, understand. It meant something for that lineup. It sure did. Yeah. That, that, so that became like the second row of spine tingliness again. Yeah. When yeah, you realize great. that, wow, you know, that actually makes utter sense for this lineup to sing. Yeah. And Mike was so into it, too. I, his passion in everything he does. But uh, yeah. I remember specifically, he seemed like really intense when that, when that would kick in. And uh, that, that would just carry through everyone so yeah good good memories of that song with Stuart and with mike and and uh simon's played it well too so it sang it well too but i don't think they've ever opened a show with with it with him in the band right and just to mention our newer song i think uh, in a broken promised land also is uh, a great great candidate for an opener and what that has in common of course is the the drums that you get yes all right <laughs> <laughs> all right Moving on, this is, uh, uh, what is your most embarrassing big country moment or big country related moments? Like, like embarrassing that they did and like embarrassed for them or, or something that I did that was embarrassing? Uh, take your pick. Uh, wow. Well, um, geez. I think for them, I, I probably watching them lip sync some of their videos. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's um, that's hilarious, actually. Because they were never great at lip syncing, and especially Stewart. I mean, obviously, he's the one that was singing, but um, you could tell Stewart just hated the lip syncing. And I, I, that's not a criticism against Stewart because I once, uh, my old band once did a, a video for some college project years ago, and we had to lip sync a video, and it was so humiliating and embarrassing. And I was just, I was even worse at it. So. Yeah, it's, um, just not... it's, it's just called playing the game. And, exactly. Uh, they, these guys would play the game, but they didn't like it, and they were all about playing live. And they came there, and they would. I'm sure they would have preferred to play live, and they were forced into that lip syncing because that's how it was. Right. And uh, it was the same thing, you know. That's everywhere, not just England. They came to Norway and lip synced to peace in our time. And as happy as I was to see them on TV, it was cringeworthy. The lip syncing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and, and the dance, I think the dance that Stuart would do too when he would throw his arms up in the air. <laughs> the arms, I was never a big fan of. That's, um, because they know they're not playing live, 
right? I'm sure Stuart was thinking of that. I'm not playing live. I'm just lip syncing anyway. Right. So what the fuck should I pretend playing the guitar for? <laughs> uh, another point that to me was always cringeworthy was those uh, backup singing ladies that looked like they were doing cross country oh, skiing. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's got to be the number one answer, of course. Yeah, the, <laughs> the singing ladies in the Peace in Our Time tour—that's the worst by far. Yeah, the cross country skiing. I'd rather skiing. watch any lip sync performance any day than see that. Yeah, that that, that is excruciating. Oh, oh my gosh! And they, especially, they... especially their dances to something like Thousand Yard Stare, which is like the most grim song about war and death and they're sitting and they're doing almost choreographed moves to that song <laughs> smiling and tossing their air sprayed hair and yeah oh, that's that's man. horrible it kind of started at uh, the russian embassy they were there yeah they that's right but they, but they weren't as animated at that point they were no i guess i guess the setting had something to do with it plus it was the first time they were with them but later in the tour they they clearly got some um, some momentum going <laughs> All the movements just grew and became more vivid and and crazy and 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 atheist, I guess. Yes, yeah, and you could you could sense and feel the the powers that be behind all of that. I don't know how much the band was into that or not, but and it, it's funny. I would love to have seen background female backing vocals live on stage if they were done in in a in a classy way, and and that just wasn't it. So yeah, I would agree with that. That's got to be number one. <laughs> That's got to be number. Maybe maybe Stewart's uh, Stewart's genes in Chance might be up there as well. Who knows? <laughs> Saved by the bell there. <laughs> that's that's as far as we go there. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Which tour would you have liked to see or re-see if you could pick one? Oh, for oh, clearly Steel Town. I mean, I, that's the one I would have loved to have seen. Um, my favorite period of the band, and uh, it, it's got that mysterious quality about it because there weren't that many shows done, I don't believe, and the and there aren't that many records, audio or video of of that tour. So, uh, yeah, I would love to go back and see a show from the Steel Town tour, and that would be that would be it for me. That is uh, probably my answer too. I, th- I guess they toured the UK for two months. Okay. Uh, so that's a very short tour. And just as an apropos, they toured Zier for nine months. Oh, wow. And, and that was uh, quite a bit abroad, too. So for some reason, the Steel Town tour was cut short. No one can tell me there weren't plans to, to, uh, to tour more than two months, that album. Yeah. And then they did Restless Natives, and then they had a freaking long break. So I guess there's a reason for that. I think the reason for considering something else would be... Uh, like at the end of the crossing tour, they played like exotic places like Japan and uh, Australia. And mm. it, it would be very cool to just travel further and see them at some odd place like that. Odd for me, very exotic for me. Um, yeah, it would. So, well, so they, that, they never that, actually that, played in Australia, though. I don't believe. I think they had a tour schedule, but it didn't work out. I think. Oh, that's didn't the, they do it? Yeah, I think that's still one of the main. St- things that I hear from Australian fans is that they never actually performed there. They were planning on it, but they didn't go there. And then the only time they went was in 88 to film those videos for Peace in Our Time. Yeah, that, that's that's really strange. Yeah, I know. That, that's really strange. I had an idea that they did it for the crossing because there were so many places, but uh, I guess not then. But yeah, they, they did. Certainly, they, they toured the Far East. There were a couple of places in there, and they, they toured uh, America, and they were all over the place for that tour. So I guess that's one of their largest tours and they were definitely on the rise. Um, but the set list of the Steel Town tour is really what sells me on that one. I mean, I, I yeah. happen to have one here. 
starting with Rain Dance, going into Wonderland, Lost Patrol, Steel Town, Eden, Inwards, Engel Park, then A Big Country, The Storm, Chance, with The Rosie Song, Come Back to Me, House of Stars, Harvest Home, Ghost Action, Wonderland, Power Man, and A Big Country again, <laughs> Track <laughs> Tracks of My Tears, and Fields of Fire again. This is the Liverpool Royal Court show in October 84. Wow. Uh, which uh, would probably be one of the shows that I had considered that specific one. That but, would be amazing. Um, what a set list. Good lord. What a set what a set list. That that that's pretty amazing right there. Hmm. And it's a long one too. This is twenty songs. And uh, that's long for the for its time. Yeah. yeah. But, so I uh, know I think that tour has to be it. It, it is mythical. You don't have a lot of uh, recordings from it. And uh, it's that album. I would have picked you know, I I didn't have Flame of, of the West on that specific set list. So I would have picked the show where they played that one. Yeah, I would have liked to have heard that too. OBKB. Have you ever been disappointed with Big Country? Anything they did that made you think, oh no, not that? <laughs> yeah, of course. In fact, I, I remember Bruce writing me an email once and laughing and saying, um, you you always seem so disappointed in what we've done in the past, <laughs> or something like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I've certainly, I certainly have discussed my uh, disappointment when I heard uh, Republican Party Reptile for the first time, and then uh, and even even peace in our time at first, even though I've grown to enjoy that album, when I first heard it, it's not what I wanted from the band. And then No Place Like Home was even more not what I wanted from the band. And so, yeah, there, there was a period there where I was definitely disappointed in their output quite a bit. And they were doing things that I just didn't expect them to do and didn't want them to do. And they were they were kind of diluting to me what made them so special. And, and going in different directions and, and time passes and you appreciate those things more in the, in the, that perspective of time. But at the moment they come out and you really, really, you just love that music so much and you want more of it so badly. And then it comes out and here's your chance to get more of it for the next couple of years. And it's not what you want. <laughs> it's just it's disappointing. It's very disappointing. But that speaks to the love of, that we have for the band, and that the love that I have for the for the band and the, and that style of music that they did. But yeah, I mean, the reason we're asking for what disappointed us is these questions are supposed to be hard. I mean, yeah. we can we can easily ask what did it do that excited us, and three minutes would just be so frustrating. Right. But, I mean, I, I didn't have the same deep disappointments immediately to, to any of these things. Even piecing our time instantly, I probably liked it as well as I've ever liked it, and it's just gone down in time. Mm -hmm. I think my disappointment was when they stopped. And this is just from a fan not knowing anything that goes on behind the scenes, and they stopped. And then I heard Raphael's comes, and I'm thinking, this is what he left the band for? Right. And uh, that, that was a disappointment. But uh, then, um, uh, so, uh, yeah, and when Tony left the band again, I think the second time I took it the hardest, because that was hard. Yeah. That, that, that was very hard. But no, I don't know. It's it's a tough question because, you know, like you say, in time, you appreciate everything more, at least. You appreciate it more. So, um, yeah. You know, I just pick an individual song. I mean, I have my gripes with certain songs, but I'm not going to call that the big disappointment. All right. In your opinion, would Big Country benefit from having a manager at this stage? Would Big Country benefit from having a manager? Uh, I don't know. I. I I guess it depends on what they want to do and what they're interested in doing. If they're if they're interested in, in focusing more on the touring and the performing, which it seems like that's what what they want to do most right now, then 
probably the less money they're paying to someone else, the yeah. better for them. Then they only need a booking agent. Exactly. Then they need a really good booking agent. I mean, anyone could benefit from a manager. There's no doubt about it that they could benefit from a good manager, and I'm sure they would agree with that. But it just you got to factor in how much are you paying that person? How much of a cut are they taking? And it, is it worth it? I mean, they're they're not a, let's face it, they're not a band anymore that's trying to break it or break it big. They they know they know they've got their fan base. They know who their fan base is. Their fan base pretty much isn't going anywhere, um, and. I'm sure they're adding new fans who see them live, but they're not really adding new fans so much as, except for those who might discover the old music and then get into the band. So, right. I mean, they, they need someone yeah. who brings something specific to the table. Like, uh, yeah. th- if you hire me in two weeks, I will get you this or that. Kind of like the old style manager, but uh, that's more normal, I guess, for new bands who, who come through the ranks. So I don't know what the new manager could bring to the table. That would have to be either a very lucrative tour that somehow that manager is connected well beyond the booking agent they have in the UK and right. can uh, do can generate offers that generate enough income that it warrants the fee that the manager takes. Yep. I I know they've pursued things and I've I've heard of them pursuing other people and not necessarily working out. So it's probably something that they're thinking about too. Um but yeah, it, it just really all comes down to the individuals in the band or what their lifestyles are, what they what they want to get out of it. And it, it just seems to me at this point, watching what they're doing, that they seem to just want to perform. And that's their source of, of income is performing. So they're, they're trying to rely on getting a good booking agent and, uh, and, and performing as much as possible. So I don't know how much a manager necessarily would help for that, but... I don't know. Uh, they they certainly could benefit from someone who knows their way around, um, getting them getting them more exposure and from a media standpoint. But they've been on some shows recently, and you know, I, I don't even I don't even know what the inner workings of the band are at this point. So you know, maybe they maybe they feel like they're managing themselves, or they've got someone that we don't know about. I don't know. But um, yeah, and and it's an open question. Do they need one? And the answer might well be no. It's not like we're kind of campaigning for a manager here not at all right. <laughs> so, right. so uh, no it's uh, we just have a deep interest in fans for them to fulfill their potential yes, yes. alright we do what would it take for you to travel to the UK to a big country expo to a big country expo yeah um, and for those who might not know the lingo a convention or a sort of a, a big country weekend or and it's something like that, right? Uh, gosh, I don't know. I I guess it, it might depend on who was there as far as representing the band, what the band was going to do. Um, maybe like bringing Tony back for a day to be there. That might be something. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's like I would I would really like to meet a lot of the people that I've met online over the years, and that would be fun. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's funny. Like those expos ha- had more interest to me before the internet. It's because you, there was so much less of a feeling of camaraderie because you didn't really know who was out there, who was a fan. So the idea, so the idea of getting together with other fans meant more. Right now, with with social media and everything, you and being part of these Facebook groups and things, you feel like you are connected to the fan base already. I mean, it, it would be great to meet a lot of these a lot of these people and a lot of you people out there. It definitely would be great. 
but um, yeah, I, I can't think of like an expo really. No. Okay, let me give you some scenarios. Okay. Would you travel to the UK for an expo where the none of the band was there, but there were like uh, vendors selling BC stash, a tribute band, and fans? No. Okay. Would you go there if uh, the band isn't there, but Tony comes for a day and does a Q&A? Possibly. If the band is there, plays an acoustic set? Um, maybe. <laughs> if it's a full-fledged, uh, like Mike Peters does, what's it called? The Gathering, a full weekend, acoustic band, electric band, Q&A, meet and greets, full package, and fans and vendors. Okay, yeah, that would be much more enticing. I think I would be much more apt to want to go to that. Mm. To make it an experience. Yeah, really. So so the Mike Peters model, that that would work for you. Yeah, I think that would that would be cool. Yeah. That would be cool if they could do something like that and have interesting guests and and, okay. and do the performance. Yeah, that'd be fun. Or oh, a big country a big country cruise. How about that? A big country cruise. All, <laughs> all the related bands. What about if we if we remove all the bands? None of the band are there. Current band, but Tony is there. Uh, Ian Grant is there. Uh, Chris Briggs is there. Lots of people from big countries past to do a full Q and A and a presentation of the band's history without the music. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool too. That'd be very cool. I would enjoy that. I, I would love that personally. Obviously, yeah. you know, I've never seen the band, so please bring on the band. But <laughs> okay, yeah, there we go. It's an interesting thought. And I think I have one note left. I hope it's a good one. I hope so too. So, so when the alarm goes off, we are done. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much. All right. Okay. So here we go, and we kind of touched on this a little bit in the intro, but uh, we can do a, a more proper one now. Should the country do another album? As fans, the answer is obviously yes. But as let, let's take on the analytical hat. Should they do one? Would it make sense for the band to do one? Would they? Uh, would it benefit them to do? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it would benefit. Probably would benefit them very much financially to do one. Um, I don't know what the journey sold. I just. I just know looking at what bigger bands than Big Country are selling, and it's not much these days. I mean, the, the record sales clearly are not the place where bands make money anymore, and it's sad because it's really destroying the output of a lot of these bands. So, I, again, we come back to the pledge model. I mean, I think it would be it would be worth it to them if they could figure out this whole pledge model and get it going. Because I know that the fans of Big Country are dedicated enough and passionate enough that they would come through and f basically finance a new album for them if they wanted to go this route. So, I hope they do it because, to me, Big Country should always be about creating new music and um, whenever it comes and. Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I hope they do. I, I would like to hear what what this particular lineup could do. And when I say this particular lineup, I'm I'm kind of thinking Scott Whitley as well because I like him as a bassist. Scott and Simon, I think it yeah. would it would cement the band. It, it would mean something in the eyes of people if if a particular lineup has an album. So it's very important for a given lineup that hopefully is meant to last for a while to to have something that cements them a bit. And uh, to be honest, it's, it's a little frustrating, this, this thing with the Kickstarter or, or, or pledge model, because we, we, had, we had a discussion with Bruce in January 2014. We're getting on two years from that discussion, where, where we first talked about it. And, uh, and the, the comment was that 
we don't understand it, it's new and stuff. And that's understandable. But we're now almost two years removed from that. And the answer is still, we don't know it, we don't understand it. I mean, if, you, if after two years you haven't tried to understand it, then the answer is really becoming, I don't think it's for us. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I get. I, I just, I get the feeling that this is just not something that they are interested in. And, no, I, I don't know. think so. I, I don't think it's understanding it so much as they, they want a gig. And that's yeah. fine. You know, that, 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 that's what the answer really is. We want a gig at this point. And I know Bruce has said too in the past that, you know, if they did, if they did something like that and they made promises to people that, that what they would get in return, they'd want to make totally sure that they got those things. And I, I Maybe maybe the idea of putting that together is kind of daunting to them, or maybe they look at it as uh, almost like a charity type of thing. And the, I, I don't know. Maybe they feel that way about it. I, who knows? Yeah. Um, People do this all the time. Uh, so uh, you don't hear of the big fallouts. You don't hear of, of like projects ending disastrously. <laughs> and there is the alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, it is, and that wraps it up. I bet you've been looking forward to that all day long. Just all to, day to play long, that late, yeah, which is uh, not very you, late for you. Do you see how I set it up too? I, saying that the alarm was going to go off, and then that would be the end, and I had to set it up. Yeah, you couldn't find a big country sound bite. Yes, comedic brilliance. Yeah, whatever well, you say. I mean, it's it's at least related to big country. Yeah, we got to consider it part of the family at this point. Definitely. But uh, this was an experiment. Yeah, I enjoyed it personally. I hope you guys out there listening did. Yeah, it's probably much more disjointed than normal, but that is the nature of this thing. We have have the egg timer. We have all these notes, freaking notes. And if we do it again, we might tap you guys for questions. But really, we're interested in hearing how this worked. So let us know. Yeah, definitely. And we'll be back with another one um, at some point here, much sooner than later. But uh, I, I think um, if if one of these interviews that we've been trying to get works out, then it might be that. But if not, maybe we'll be starting to talk about the Buffalo Skinners because that's the next album on our plate that we are going to do our our uh, deep dive thing with. So, yeah, are we going to use the egg timer for that too? Uh, no, we would just blow we would just bloviate to our heart's content. <laughs> Five part episodes. Oh, yeah. five, five part series I don't know they but, seem to uh, be getting longer <laughs> yeah. but then again uh, Buffalo Skinners is a slightly longer album so it's uh, you know that has an effect on it too yeah it does it definitely does All right. so good well uh, hey it's good to be back it is and uh, we'll see how long it lasts but at least for now <laughs> it's good <laughs> we to be made, back we, we made 50 what more can you ask for yeah what more do you want from us I mean, come on. Seriously. Seriously. (laughs) Well, let's wrap it up. Um, I think that was a good good return, way to ease our way back into the whatever we have here. Some would call it chemistry. I don't know. (laughs) But... uh, (laughs) It, it was fun to be back, nevertheless, and um, th- this was a good. This, this was fun for me, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be back with some more uh, weighty topics next time. And as I say, could be an interview, could be right into the Buffalo Skinners. We'll see. But 
in any case, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for, uh, again, to Arlen and CJ for picking up the slack while I was gone and to Spine for picking up the slack even even in a bigger way while I was gone. And um, hope you enjoyed those episodes. And uh, we'll, we'll try to keep keep at it and get them out in a little bit, with a little more frequency. Now that Spine and I can both edit the shows, maybe that will help. So we'll see. Maybe it will. He said in the past, this is a podcast. It, yeah, it, it, it keeps proving itself true over and 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 over. Yeah, it does. It does. So, Tom, where can people find us? They can find us on Facebook, the Great Divide Podcast. Search for us there. Join our page. Get into some discussion. We've we've kept the discussion going over the last few months, but it's it's kind of settled down a little bit. So it'd be good to bring that up again, and. Maybe some of these questions that we've talked about, if you guys have any different ideas for some of these or different thoughts or think we missed something big. And um, keep in mind, we were put on the spot here. You guys have the luxury of reflection before you <laughs> hammer out your opinions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, email us at bigcountrypodcast at gmail.com. And I already mentioned the Facebook page. Go to Facebook. Look for The Great Divide Podcast. And um, thank you to John, too. We'd be very remiss if we didn't thank JFNG on our 50th episode because he's been supporting us from day one. Well, at least from day maybe four. I don't know. Because when I first started this, I put the episodes up on my own web space and had people download it. But John quickly swooped in and offered his web space for us. He's put together a great little page for us, and he keeps track of the downloads for us. I mean, he does so much. So thank you, John. Thank you. We could not have made it to 50 episodes without you. And um, we asked him to be a part of this show, and he refused. So that shows how much he loves us. <laughs> refused. It's a, it's a very good Yes. He, Blank he, out refused. He wanted to go see his favorite American football team today, the, the, the filthy New York Giants. So that's what he's doing instead of participating in the 50th episode. But we do appreciate everything he's done for us. So thanks, John. And thanks to Big Country, obviously, too. So we know some of you guys listen, some of you guys being the members of the band. Thank you for everything you've done to inspire a podcast at this point. And you've inspired 50 episodes of this freaking thing. And we still have more to talk about, much to my wife's disbelief. (laughs) That's true. So we'll talk about whatever that is next time. So thank you, Swine. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Tom, too. The only one left, because that was a lot of thanks. We're the only two left. We're the only two left. Peace out. All right. Well, let's let's just do it. Let's try to do it. So, how strong is the feeling of rust here? Uh, I think I can jump into it. <laughs> Save that sound. That was good. Przyszki. Przyszki. Marek Przyszycki.
Brzezicki. Brzezicki. So Ma- Marek Brzezicki. I apologize for not pronouncing the name uh, correctly. I, I think I at least get it right in, in English. I mean, Brzezicki. 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 Is it Brzezicki or Brzezicki? Is it Brzezicki or Brzezicki? Is it Brzezicki or Brzezicki? Hi, this is Mark Brzezicki, and you're listening to The Great Divide Podcast. Is it Brzezicki or Brzezicki?